Twisted. Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous. Wow. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Entertaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is Tim and Sid. For Wednesday, January 27th, I'm Tim McAuliffe. He is Sid Sixero, counting the days to his exit. <laughs> I'm technically not, Timmy. I you're, wrote, you're, you're, I wrote you're, it down you're, somewhere. Feb- Friday, February 26th? Yes. Days are being counted, not by me. Not with shows like this, McAuliffe. Are you kidding me? Maybe by me. We are live <laughs> on TV, radio, and Sportsnet now. Baseball-heavy show. We're excited about it. That's why Sixero is mentioning it. I love him. I'm just kidding. I'm not counting the days. <laughs> I think people know but, that, right? I, I think people know that, right? Do you have to explain that, that you were kidding? I think people know. I could be wrong, but maybe I think people know. But I appreciate you saying that. But I think people know by now. I hope. I hope you know. This jagoff put me in a lot of meetings. <laughs> George Springer, one of the newest members of the Toronto Blue Jays. We can't call him the newest member, or can we? I don't know if it's official yet. Do Not we... technically the newest, but newish. He's the newish, newish. member. Uh, he will join us in mere moments from now. The man who locked down George Springer, Ross Atkins, general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, will also join us shortly. We'll talk to Elliot Friedman in hour two. Leafs with another win. Are they first overall in the National Hockey League, Sid? The Toronto Maple Leafs have more points than anyone else currently in the National Hockey League, which, according to my math, means they're first overall. Can the rest of Canada deal with that? I'm not sure they can. The Jets be jetting on Edmonton last night. Canucks and Sens, second of a third-game set. (laughs) <laughs> tonight on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. <laughs> Second of a third game set. I like that. I get used and to that. Shock, and shockingly, Jim Rutherford resigns in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, plenty to discuss. Glad you're with us today. It's a busy one. And, and I should say, because of the times that we're in, the 71-year-old Jim Rutherford apparently citing personal reasons. Yeah, that's good The to hear. president says he's healthy. Yeah. That's and that's good. So and, and in the uh, in the release from Pittsburgh, Jim Rutherford said basically uh, he knows it's a little strange, you know, eight to ten games into his season to, to resign like this. But he's going to take some personal time and reevaluate if he wants to retire or come back and maybe do something else next season. So right, listen, in ter- the speculation we'll get into it with Elliot Friedman kind of later on in the show about a, a hockey hall of famer who won a couple of cups uh, in the city of Pittsburgh and a GM who any fan would want to run their team because he just at times doesn't care and wants to try stuff. Honestly, right, Tim? Didn't all work. Yep. Didn't all nope. work with Jim Rutherford, but he's got two rings now. Mal- the Malkin and Crosby fellows had something to do with it too, but he's got two rings out of it. He's a hockey hall of famer. Aggressiveness. I, if you're any fan in any sport, this is like if I were a fan of the Mavericks, Tim, I would never speak ill of Mark Cuban, ever, ever. I know he's not a perfect guy, He's been fine plenty, but that guy wants to win, man. Jerry Jones wants to win. He's just really bad at it, but I think he wants to <laughs> yeah, win. Yeah, that would no, be the bad He's not example. good at it, 
no, but, but like that example. drive. I'm saying that drive, that kind of guy, that guy running things. Jim Rutherford is that kind of guy to me. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's okay. It can fool you. I got you. Uh, but it's today, January 27th, 2021, a baseball day here on Tim and Sid. I thought yesterday was a baseball day here on Tim and Sid. Yesterday Don't was like yesterday a baseball was. day here on Tim and Sid. I love a good hot stove, Tim, with snow on the ground. This is why the hot stove exists. The hot stove is there to keep us warm, to keep us engaged. Put two hands up. Tim just kind of just blowing into his hands and putting them up against all the rumors and innuendo and occasional fact that comes out of a silly season in baseball that is unlike anything we've ever seen, Tim, just because of all the respected people we see on our timelines who dive in head first with anything. It's like okay to just say anything, and I'm not ripping on anybody. But but I think that what they've realized and what I've realized is I need the anything. There's nothing like a, like a decent, not even a great baseball rumor in the hot stove season, a good baseball rumor in the hot stove season. And heaven forbid it's about your team. Heaven forbid they're talking about your club, the club you have affinity with. I think it's just as exciting as the game sometimes, man. I'm serious. You- I, it's, it's fun. A lot of fun. I am. Uh, I'm there with you, especially when there's no games to be had. It gives you a taste of the games and what is to come. And for us here in Canada, when baseball chatter begins, the snow begins to melt. It feels like a transition in Canada, and it feels like a, a feel-good transition in Canada when baseball talk comes, because it means that the spring is coming. It means that the warm weather is coming. It means that we are getting out of this frozen wasteland that we're currently sitting in right now well let's warm uh, everyone's heart here in blue jay land right off the bat our next guest is a world series champion a world mm-hmm. series mvp he is the biggest signing in the history of toronto's baseball franchise and considering he used to play for the connecticut jays this is technically his second go around with the blue jays <laughs> george springer has been kind enough to join us here on tim and sid george my name's sid his name is tim uh, we got a lot of Canadians watching and listening. We appreciate your time. Uh, welcome to the country, kinda. How weird is it to celebrate becoming a Canadian in a way without being able to come to Canada? This must be kind of strange, <laughs> but but happy at the same time for it. Yeah, I mean, one, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited, but two, it's you know, it's it's exciting, you know, um, you know, to to really kind of embrace the opportunity that that uh, presented itself. Um, it's fun. You know, I, I, I don't really think there's any harm in it. I don't really think there's anything bad about it. I'm excited and, uh, you know, very, very appreciative of uh, the opportunity for sure. George, uh, besides the money, because as Wu-Tang Clan once taught us, uh, cash rules, <laughs> what, what was it that excited you about joining the Blue Jays? Um, man, a lot of things. You know, obviously – the young talent that's here, you know, I, I, I named a lot of guys earlier, but I didn't get a, a chance to name guys like say Oscar Hernandez, Nate Pearson, um, you know, Rowdy Telez. Like I, I, I didn't get a, a chance to name guys like that. Um, and that's on me. Um, but you know what, the, the way that Ross and Mark really, really stood by their players and believe um, in their players, the way that they, believe in the organization um it, it, it was something special to me and it's it's something that i that i'll personally probably never forget you know the 
the way that they express their gratitude for all their players um, and their desire to bring back, you know, a championship to a country um, is a, uh, was a, was a re- really, really big factor. Wait till you get a load of Alejandro Kirk. You're just going to want to hug him, but that's another story for another day. Uh, you didn't, right. you did mention a lot of the big names along the way and Kirk's become a sensation up here. But um, when you mention the support from the front office, what, what is that like? What part of the conversation does that come up and how does that become a part of the lure to join the Jays? Um, you know, I, I think whenever you're, you know, you're on the ground level and, and you're, you're, you're really entrenched in playing the game, um, you kind of tend to get lost as, as a player that, that the whole organization is really behind you. And you tend to kind of think that sometimes it may feel that it's not, but that's not the case. And, and you know, Ross and Mark really, really did, you know, a heck of a job at just being honest and saying like, Hey, I believe in this group, you know, and, and I expect them to do great things. And, and, you know, when you hear that and, and it got repeated over and over and over again. So like, it's, it's, it becomes that you, you, you understand, you know, how much they care for their players and, and, you know, how much that they really are in, in their corner. George Springer, the Toronto Blue Jays here on Tim and Sid. Yeah, I said it. He's a Blue Jay. Uh, George, uh, biggest signing in franchise history. I was going to ask how much added pressure, but you've been in a World Series, so it's kind of a dumb question. But what does that mean <laughs> to you that that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, who and Mark just signed a new deal here in Toronto, as you know, like this signing will forever be linked to them, whatever happens, and they have they have tied themselves to you. How much responsibility? do you feel now, not only for them, not only for the fans, but for the organization, considering the level of investment here? Oh, yeah. You know, um, one, it's it, it's an a- absolute honor, um, you know, and, and it's one that that I don't take lightly. Um, you know, I, I understand um, kind of what comes with a deal like this. You know, I, I may not necessarily understand what I'm kind of getting myself into completely, but you know, I, I understand that I'm 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 expected to go out there and 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 play and and you know play well. Um, but I also understand. I think there's a, a little bit more to it. You know, I'm 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 expecting you know to to come in and and just kind of try to be myself, um, to lead by example. You know, to to try to have a lot of fun. You know, I I want to make sure that at the end of the day, you know, whenever the end is that I can make sure that Ross and Mark feel and felt really, really good um, about my time here. You know, so it's, I get it. There is a little bit of pressure, but at the same time, just, you know, understanding that there are a lot of people in my corner um, and, and I'm in a a great spot. I, I feel very, very happy. So I'm, I'm uh, just going to embrace it. And, you know, hopefully I can, can provide the fans a a lot of fun um, and excitement. Uh, George, the Jays as a franchise have played 63 total playoff games in the history of the team. That's how many games you have played in the postseason. <laughs> um, I, I got I to gotta ask you, do you think they're paying, like how much of this contract is for regular season, George? And how much of this contract is for October, George? Uh, I don't know. I think that's a question that you got to ask them. 
Um, I don't know. You know, I, I love the playoffs. I think the playoffs are one of the best things ever. I mean, you play the game to play the playoffs. You know, it's, it's not, you know, I, I can't wait to play this game in May. It's no, I can't wait to play in October. And, and, you know, well, one of the things that I told Ross was this team has the ability and, and will play in October. And, you know, there's, there's something to be said to playing in a venue in May, but then there's something to be said about playing in a venue in October. And, and I think me being as fortunate as I was to play in as many games as I have, um, I just kind of embrace it, you know, and, and the playoffs are where you're supposed to go out and enjoy it. And I got told one time that you might as well go out and, and, and enjoy it because you never know if you're ever going to get back. So I just kind of embrace it in stride and, you know, hopefully I can continue that. George Springer joining us here on Tim and Sid. We, we've heard the Jays front office talk about culture and creating the right environment around the team. Uh, we also played a clip of you uh, talking to a young man about his stutter that was uh, that, that that touched a lot of people. Um, did they talk to you about what you can bring to this clubhouse and how you can affect culture and environment around this young team? Uh, yeah, you know that that was something that was obviously very very big um, for them. You know, was they believe that that the clubhouse atmosphere was already, you know, extremely special. And the thing that I said is, you know, it's, it's, it's on me to understand, um, you know, how the guys operate. It's on me to come into the locker room and, and really respect their space and respect what has already been instilled and what's been created. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's also on me to earn that respect. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try to come in there and change the way that, they go about things and all that stuff. You know, I'm, 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 I'm being brought into their locker room and, and it's my job to earn their respect. It's my job to kind of earn the trust of the locker room or whenever that is. Um, but fully understanding that, you know, I can, I can have an influence, you know, just by, you know, hopefully having some fun and kind of just being who I've always been. Being you. Um, the, the, the natural follow-up to that for me is, do you think your history with the Astros and the the garbage can scandal hurts that at all? Your reputation and your reputation in the clubhouse, more specifically. Um, you know, I I think ultimately at the end of the day, I'm going to be who I always have been. Um, I'm not going to falter from it. I am who I am. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm a guy that likes to have fun, that likes to enjoy the game, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. George Springer, Toronto Blue Jays, here on Tim and Sid. Um, Dave Hudgens is a guy you know pretty well. Um, for, the, for, the, for the baseball fan, the lay baseball fan of this country, bench coach with the Jays, but hitting coach with George in Houston. I'm curious, uh, George, those, how many discussions did you have with Dave in the lead-up to this? I would assume a couple, but forgive me, I don't know. And what was there one thing said, one specific kind of conversation you had that's, that in hindsight you now say – that also played a pretty big role in this? Um, you know, I think the one thing that Hudgy said to me that, that, that was actually echoed by more than one person um, was everybody's egoless. And when you put it that way, you know, when you're in a, a locker room 
and you're around guys who are having success, but you're all pulling in the same direction. That really, really had a big impact on me. And, mm-hmm. and you know, when, when Hudgy said that, when Charlie said that, it, it was kind of like, okay, you know, this is, it's not just a line. It's, it's not just a phrase. They, that, that's how they operate. You're being awesome with your time, but I got to ask you because we are both uh, born and raised Toronto boys. And one of the most amazing things that we have experienced growing up is this is truly a national team. And it's kind of crazy, especially if you watch hockey where everyone hates Toronto, but the Jays have somehow nearly united the country. Do you realize how expansive this fan base is? Um, you know what? I, I can say that I do and I don't, if I'm being completely honest, but right. it's an opportunity that I embrace. Um, I'm excited about it. You know, there's, there's a, a nation behind one team and, you know, it's, it's our job as players to go out and give the fans what they deserve. And, and, you know, that's, that's playing hard every day. That's fighting until the absolute end. And, you know, eventually, um, you know, whatever happens happens but it it is it is you know something special like i i've seen the highlights um of when the blue jay fans will come down to seattle i mean it it basically looks like like a a blue jay home game and and that's a good time man. that's a good time oh yeah you know it's 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 exciting um and it's it's uh a pretty surreal feeling but it's an opportunity that i am you know am embrace and i'm excited about it I got one more for you. I got a good friend who is a coach at the University of Hartford where there's an old UConn assistant. Do you still okay. do backflips? Well, so <laughs> I, I, I can if I want to. The problem is, is I don't know if it's worth doing a backflip anymore. I think I'd need to, to kind of stay away from it. But, yeah, I can do it if I need to. But the last time I did, I, I got in trouble. So I've, I've kind of abandoned yeah. ship on those. If I just handed you this deal and I saw that, I'd have a heart attack. Full, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, flat I'm out. Just for complete full disclosure, I'm going to stay away from backflips. Good. Unless I have right. to like, flip over somebody you know, and, and uh, avoid a, a collision or, or something. Yes. It's still hella impressive, though. Like We're oh, showing the video yeah. right now. Like, don't get us crazy. wrong. No, don't get it twisted, George. It's, it's impressive, but it's just uh, time, times maybe have changed financially for you. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it would be worth trying to do a backflip right now. <laughs> Correct. I would agree. Probably. All right, right. So breaking news, George Springer will not do that anymore. Breaking news. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, I, will, right. I will not do it unless I have no. to. Good, right. good. Tim and Sid with George Springer. Uh, one last thing, George, because you've, you've done a lot of media today, and we appreciate it. Um, so your role now, because this offseason is not over, what role does George Springer now take in the potential acquisition of maybe one or two more guys in free agency? Do you have a Rolodex? Are you in Ross's ear about somebody? Are you in Mark's ear? Like what, are you going to sit, are you going to sit back and watch or does the competitor in you seeing that right now around this new division you're in, it hasn't exactly been crazy from an acquisition standpoint. Are you in Ross's ear saying, no. look, I, I got a guy. Like, do you need me to make a text? Do you need me to make a call? Is that the role you take? Uh, I mean, if he asks me, I may throw a suggestion out there, but I'm not going to overstep my boundaries. Um, I kind of just got here, so I'm going to I'm going to uh, <laughs> learn the lay of the land a little bit. I'm the, I'm not going to overstep my boundary whatsoever. I mean, I'm 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 obviously open to any suggestions. I can maybe suggest some guys or whatever the case, but I I, I kind of think for now, you know, I I uh, 
I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Ross and Mark do Ross and Mark things and just kind of sit back and and uh, get ready to play uh, a full season here. I sense I sense you just coming up with a T-shirt, Ross and Mark things. You can sell it on. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Ross and Mark things. He's already helping out with the Blue Jays store online. He's been here eight minutes. He's already selling stuff on BlueJays.com. Uh, George, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for the time, and I can't express to you enough. I'm sure you saw it on social. The reaction this got, like during an inauguration, the yeah. reaction this got up in this country on a tough news day to break through, it cut through. Welcome to Canada. Welcome to Toronto. Hopefully this gets better soon and we can see you in person. And all the best to you uh, and your family. Take care, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for the time, um, and uh, stay safe. And you know, you know hopefully we can uh, see e- each other soon. You too, Take care, George. You too. All the best. There is uh, George Springer, one of the newest Blue Jays, and we may have talked backflips with him, and he may have retired the backflips officially on the show. <laughs> but there are a few Blue Jays fans doing backflips that he joined. Hey, uh, time for a break. When we come back. Mark Shapiro suggested that the heavy lifting was done. We'll talk to the general manager of this team to see if he agrees on whether or not the heavy lifting is done. And we'll talk about George Springer. And we'll talk about Marcus Simeon. It is a baseball show, Tim and Sid, on this January 27th, right here on Sportsnet Radio and TV. Coast to coast on Sportsnet Sportsnet 5.9 The Fan in Toronto. Two in the NHL tonight. Sens and Nucks among them. Raptors and Bucks. Big game. And Richard writes in, and sometimes these tweets hurt me. And I got to read this one. Because this one hurt me. Because I'm not sure he gets the show. This is why the rest of the world hates Leafs media. First place, eight games played compared to six with, ooh, let's say, I don't know, Montreal. Stop the gloating and the smirking. Let's face it, this year's not about the cup. This year will be about winning Canada's team. First place, Scotia North Division. Like, he understands that the gloating and the smirking is sarcastic, because we do know that it's eight games in, right? It was, but, it, but it wasn't any, like I was saying a number that was true. They but have more it, points than anyone else in the NHL. There's and it's, nothing else and it's behind also, it, I guarantee you. Nothing. It's also a joke because we know that they're eight games in. Like, right. There's still plenty of hockey to be played. I thought, I thought that was kind of, I don't know, I think my sarcasm's pretty in your face, McAuliffe, isn't it? Like I didn't think I had to I, work on that. I thought my sarcasm was rather apparent. Apparently I thought not. so, and I, I thought that it would be appreciated by the rest of Canada who understands <laughs> that we're just kind of joking with the eight games in their first overall. Now, later on, we'll have the conversation if Montreal and Toronto are beginning to separate. And well, where I does Winnipeg Mon- sit? Montreal's downfall is their home starting tomorrow because that road trip was nice. That was, yeah. that was nice for Labiton. Um, but just all Tim, every one of these Canadian games, like, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to watch an American team. I guess it's the semis. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be that guy and I know where I work and I know how all the games are important, but I can't like, I don't know if I'm going to settle in for a Rangers game, even though they got Lafreniere who I love. I don't know when I'm going to do that. 
I don't know when there's going to be time in the day. Like, it's just, it's, I'm hooked. I am hooked on these all-Canadian matchups. And everyone in the league office laughed when, we, when I suggested, even sheepishly, maybe you continue this a little bit. Maybe you keep this going. No, we can't. Region, we, are a, a, we are a league of regions. We are a league of this. Okay. Everyone loves yeah. this. Everyone loves right. this in this country. Everybody. Everybody. The ratings suggest so. And I, t- I told mm. you the real reason why it's a regional league is because you need the Canadian teams to prop up the American teams. Well, the money's got to come from somewhere. Calgary's got to go to Arizona and fill the yeah, barn. Yeah. I just don't believe you pay $5 Montreal's billion. Montreal's got to go like, to Florida and fill the you know, barn. I got you. I just don't think a $5 billion TV contract means you get the same seat as everyone else. Right. Let's get a little bit little. Let's throw a weight around here a little bit. Let's go. Let's go. The numbers have been off the I'm just charts. saying. I'm just off saying. Off the charts. Uh, so we'll, we will discuss a lot of this uh, with Elliot Friedman coming up. Two in the NHL, as I mentioned, after 13 yesterday. So funny is that I haven't watched much outside of the North Division. Yeah. Neither. I was going to show did you, two nights ago. Brent Burns scored a goal against the St. Louis that Blues. One. That was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, should I bring it up in the meeting? And I'm like, I don't know if anyone cares. It's a Barry kid scoring a goal against a good team <laughs> to basically win it. We should probably show it, but we didn't. We didn't. Uh, plenty of hockey coming your way here with uh, Elliot Freeman next hour. Uh, Tim, our next guest is on the line, and for about a month and a half, anyone who tweeted into the show was like, "What's Mark and Ross doing? Yes. What's Mark and Ross doing? When are they going to do something?" Our next guest is now. You now have the floor, Ross, to cut a wrestling promo if you want. Ross Atkins joining <laughs> us here on Tim and Sid. Good to talk to you, man. How are things? How's the family? Is everybody? Everybody's doing all right. Doing all right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good to hear your voices. You guys doing okay? Hanging yeah. in. We're hanging in. You, uh, so, 2021, 2021 good. I'm 2020, 2021 good. good. Yeah. As good as you are in 2021. Uh, okay, Ross, so you're, um, the, the moment from today that got me, I know got a lot of people, is when you finally saw George put the hat on. What were you thinking when you saw that today? Oh, yeah. It's, it's such a good feeling to see that smile on his face and that, Beautiful shade of blue uh, with one of the better logos in the game representing a nation. That was a very good feeling, especially with, you know, his, uh, you know, the, the exuberance that he plays the game with and how much he embraces the game of baseball, what he means to the game, not just the Blue Jays is a, a very proud day for the Blue Jays. This has been a crazy off season as it has been a crazy 10 months so it feels like a lot of us are adjusting. How would you assess the entire offseason thus far? Yeah, it's, a, it's a interesting, isn't it? I, you know, I think uh, everybody talked about different things that could happen, may not happen, would happen. And, uh, you know, seemingly that it's just been a month delayed. <laughs> it's really probably the best way a lot. A lot more usually happens in November and December, and the bulk of this offseason occurred in January. So, um, but, you know, it seems like very fair deals are happening for teams and players, and teams are getting better, and, uh, you know, players are going to, to good destinations. And we're obviously very excited about the outcomes to date for, for the Toronto Blue Jays. So excited to, to be adding George today beyond, beyond words. Ross Atkins, GM of the Jays here on Tim and Sid. 
Ross, I uh, I mean, just the, the, the romantic in me, and there is one, I always picture uh, every, uh, every offseason for, for, for teams like yourself when the season's done, like the scene at a Moneyball when Brad Pitt sits down and his scouts and assistant GMs have the board and they got the list and they got the players and here's option one, here's option two, here's option three. Was Springer option one on your board? Was this the guy for you? Yeah, you know, I would say if, uh, that's, that's a decent way to, to characterize it because of how – how much we believe in the person and then how good of a fit he was for our team. Uh, you know, what we've learned about his character, what we've learned about him as a teammate, as I've mentioned, just his, the exuberance he plays with and his, his overall passion for winning, which, you know, I think any player would, would tell you that they want to win and that's what they're about. And even if someone was motivated for different reasons, they're not going to articulate it in a different way, <laughs> but I, but when you when you do the work that we all do, and you guys know that these worlds are are not too big, and there's so many different stakeholders and touch points where you're learning about different individuals and how many different people they touch, whether that's a fan, the someone that's assisting with um, <clears throat> travel, someone that's assisting in the clubhouse, someone that's assisting with um, something logistically in the front office, media obviously players and coaches, but all of those touch points were so consistent on George about the person, the teammate, and what kept coming up was the passion for winning. And it resonated with us in all of our discussions with him because he was fixated on our group and their desire to win. And, you know, we do have what we believe um, is several of those individuals and that are entirely focused on winning and willing to um, you know, say like Kevin Vizio, say, hey, wherever I need to play, uh, where do you where do you want me to play to to help the team win? And and George Springer said something similar in the press conference today. And over time, you you know that that really does show its colors. And uh, so, <clears throat> yes, it, it is it was the the number one target for us from the start of the off season, and uh, we we are glad that he was attracted to the Toronto community as well. General Manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ross Atkins, here on Tim and Sid. There are some tough questions here, and we, we've heard you talk, you and Mark talk about culture and, and the environment surrounding the club. And I've heard nothing but good things about George Springer in the clubhouse. But what do you say to the fan that's tweeting into this show and says, yeah, but he was a part of a team that cheated? Yeah, I mean, all the things I just said, Tim, really, you know, like the, the work that we've done to understand what motivates him, what drives him, what his character is about, and how much we believe in it. And I, I would be repeating all of those things. We are confident that he is going to make this city and this country and this organization very proud, and not just with his ability, not just with his ability to hit the ball over the fence and run him down in center field, but in how he goes about the game, how he treats people on and off the field. And I'm, I'm very confident that uh, this the city and this country is going to love him. My, uh, my only follow to that, Ross, and then I'll move on from it, is you know, heading into last season, most of us were expecting this tsunami of negativity when Houston hit the road. And then obviously last season played out the way it played out, and there were no fans and there were barely any games. And we don't know what the fan situation is going to be like. 
Are you at all concerned? I think I know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. Are you concerned when guys like George get back on the road in a packed Yankee stadium with fans? Do you think people have long memories like that? Because that team never really got that type of punishment in any way, shape, or form. Do you see it coming, or do you think it's died down? Well, I would say, Sid, you you know as well as I do. I the answer is we don't know. You know, I, I don't have more insight into that than you do. Um, what I can say is that I may have more insight into how players feel about it, how coaches feel about it, and you know, I I think it's it's obviously a controversy that was unfortunate for the game, and it's one that the stakeholders, players, coaches, staff are are coming to grips with. And, you know, George has handled himself so exceptionally well throughout that process um, that, you know, it, again, like it, it, we don't see that as a Toronto Blue Jays issue. And to, to the answer to your question about the fan reaction is I, I really don't know. Okay, fair enough. Ross Atkins here on Tim and Sid. Um, we played a clip on the radio side of things before the show started of uh, the president of the team, Mark Shapiro, saying that most of the heavy lifting is done. Would you agree with that statement? Well, I think what we've, we've, what we've done is accomplished some, some goals that um, you know, aren't uh, something you do overnight, and they take time, and there's a lot of heavy lifting that goes into them. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean that you know, we're done. It doesn't mean that we, we, we're, we, you know, we, we don't rest thinking about how can we improve the team. There's, there's several ways to do that, many ways to do that. But it would be hard at this point to pull off, um, you know, multiple deals of that magnitude with the time remaining. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We, we, we never stop thinking about it. We always will think about how we can improve the team. And, um, you know, it, we, I, I just hung up with a group of individuals thinking about just that <laughs> to get on this call. <laughs> You, but you would acknowledge, Ross, here, we're, I don't know, what, three weeks out, four weeks out of what we hope is pitchers and catchers reporting. You would acknowledge there are some bargains to be out here potentially, right? There's still some guys out here. Yeah, there's, there's good players that are, that are available for sure. There's definitely, um, you know, different opportunities that we will have. We have, um, you know, ways to acquire players via trade, via free agency that we will seriously consider. And at some point you have to also factor in, the you know progress and development of the talent that you do have as well so you know part of team building and culture is patience and there are a lot of players that we want to make sure have good solid opportunities to continue to grow we're believe wholeheartedly in in that ross Atkins here on tim and said sorry timmy go ahead go ahead no i was gonna say the the buzzword before the uh, offseason started was run prevention. Are, are you happy with your improvement on run prevention? Yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, just adding George Springer alone, moving other outfielders to corners, adding that depth in our outfield, adding that speed to our outfield, um, you know, it, the, the pitching additions that we've made. Uh, there's a... <clears throat> another potential deal that is pending a physical that I won't <laughs> comment on specifically, but um, right. there's, you know, do feel like we've made progress in that area. One of the areas I'm most excited about is uh, in talking to Bo and learning about things that he's worked on this off season and how committed he is to getting better every day and how committed 
each of our individuals, the, you know, the shape that Vlad Guerrero's in today and how focused he is on just being a better overall athlete. Um, there, there's more than one way to prevent more runs and, you know, usually starts with pitching and we, we feel good about the, the pitching additions that we made and we'll continue to think about how we can improve in that area as well. Uh, Ross Atkins obviously cannot yet comment on the acquisition of Schmarcus Limian. Uh, we'll see uh, down the line <laughs> if he decides if the timing is right. I don't want to press Ross too much on any potential signing there. Um, Ross, I'll ask you a question that I asked George, and he said I should really ask you. Um, did you pay this money for regular season George Springer or for October George Springer? Because October <laughs> like George that. Springer – October George Springer has more home runs than Reggie Jackson. October George Springer is unbelievable. What? How much of an eye towards that month did you have when you were talking to this young man? Yeah, I, I mean, it says a lot. It does say a lot about, you know, what the stage means to him and you know, the brightest lights and the biggest stage. It's such a a common topic in sports these days because of the integration of analytics and information and people potentially disputing the fact that there is no such thing as clutch in the game of baseball. And I, I think we've even talked about it on this show ourselves, yeah. but we, we all know that if you watch enough sport, it's almost impossible to deny that there are players that rise to the occasion. We like to say fall back on preparation and it, he obviously um, is, is excels in, in those moments. And, you know, I, it's not just the playoffs, right? It's those crucial at-bats where, uh, you know, getting a ball in play or getting a big hit for a team over time uh, ends up being very powerful for not just, you know, what it means in terms of wins and losses, but what it means for confidence building and for team building. I want to ask you one more before you let you go. And, and listen, I understand that you have a role with a franchise as a GM, and it's a very front-facing role. But as a man, and, and I, we've, we've had conversations like this before, like a lot of folks pointed to the since-deleted tweet from Marcus Stroman saying, this front office will never build around uh, their unbelievable core of young players. It's a travesty. And I know that he's playing to some of the fan base, and I know the tweet's been deleted but does it hurt you to to see something like that or to hear things like that from the fan base no not at all no. yeah i yeah we you know what man it's uh, it's part of it we're you know we the criticism or or doubts we understand we understand that it's not you know always hasn't been hasn't been you know perfectly smooth so we we understand it, we embrace it, and we, we focus on what we can control. Well, Ross, what you can control was where George Springer went. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, as, as a George Springer fan, uh, congrats to you and Mark. Give our best to Mark. And uh, we right, look forward to seeing you. what uh, what's your next couple of weeks have in store. As you said, you know who knows what's going to happen, and that's your job to keep your eyes open on that. We appreciate the time, Ross. A busy day, and, and all the best to you, man. Take care. All right, Sid. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on, guys. Be well. Uh, there is Ross Atkins, general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, and probably a bigger man than I would be. But Let's, it's a valid, uh, but like, but valid, right? Like, it's you're going to get slings and arrows, man. To a lesser extent, like we don't live in that world, you and I. But we sit here every day. We tell people what we think. 
it's different, but it almost isn't. Like it's you got to you put in there's yeah, certain jobs but, where you put yourself out there. I get it. I get it. If if it was one of your teammates saying that, I got you. Yeah, it's a valid point. I wasn't looking at it from that perspective. I was when, looking at jet, third when, party. When you leave, when you leave, and you say the thing that you're about to say about me on breakfast television, oh, I might be a little bit mad. You're gonna hate <laughs> yeah, my guts. I might, I might be mad. Yeah. Ken Ree, Ken Ree's gonna be pissed too. I'm not gonna say what I say about Ken. <laughs> Ken's gonna be pissed. All right. Let's take the break. We'll come back. We'll discuss. For those who don't know, maybe we'll have the conversation surrounding what Marcus Stroman said. And there's a bunch of tweets that we're going to get to. We'll do it all next right here on Tim and Sid. Sportsnet Radio and TV. Welcome back to Tim and Sid, at least until Friday, February 26th. I'm Tim McAuliffe, Sid Zixero. Lots of tweets coming in. Uh, Petro wrote in and said, ask him if he is going to add a starter for God's sakes. We have 16 relievers and three viable starters. Is that not a given? I shouldn't say that. But is that not heavily implied when you look at the roster and the time left? Like, do we have, like, they do need an arm. They could use an arm. Not, think- no disrespect to Nate Pearson or anyone else, but... It's, I think we all know this, right? Like, do we have to ask him? Because I had not exactly. Sorry, go ahead. Tim. I had 45 questions, and I thought, um, are you done? Was that question? I think I everyone knows I agree when you that. look at the um, fielding positions and the board, whenever we put up there, there's probably a glut there, if anything. There's some organizational depth there. And when you say, are you done, that's the question. And it was interesting to hear. Even on the run prevention, that's are you adding a pitcher? When I asked him, are you happy with your run prevention? And he said, you know, George Springer helps in that. The player to be named later helps in that. So I don't know. But Tim, up, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more arms coming in. I think, I think most people who watch the Blue Jays are interested to see when that happens, I think it's a when, not an if, and who that is. Um, but when you when you improve up the middle the way they have, with Marcus Simeon at second base. Now I don't like, again. I'm not going to claim Marcus Simeon at second base is the same. Still need a starter. Guy. He is a short. Still need a starter. But but up the middle that defensively alone, wow, you need a starter. I think you need two, Tim. Right. I think you need two because you don't know what that CBA is going to look like after this year. Why the hell not? Right. Do it now. Why the hell not? When the Yankees aren't spending and the Red Sox aren't spending, go. Have a go. I think they're going to get at least two. But I, th- I thought that question you really? asked wrapped, wrapped it up. I think you got to get two. Tim, all these – Taiwan Walker's still out there. Mark Fultonavich yeah. is still out there. Jake Odorizzi is still out there. Never mind the guys you could trade for. Yeah. Like, it's – wow. There are options and, here. And Tehran. Julio Tehran. <laughs> Chris writes in and says, Atkins. Tim and Sid just now, there's another another guy who is pending a physical. Then he giggled. To which Laval wrote in and said, I feel trolled. I got excited when I heard that. To which Chris responded to him again and said, well, you never know. Certainly implied they're not done. Like, that was Simeon that he was talking about. Right? Mark, guys, it was Marcus Simeon. It was Marcus Simeon. Pen, the okay. physical's pending. Can't talk about it publicly. These are the rules. There's There's two rules you all have to know. And I, I, I think it's, I, it makes sense to explain it because we can't assume everyone knows. One, 
You cannot mm-hmm. talk publicly about a player under contract to another team in any sport. I don't care what sport it is. You will get dinged unless you're the Clippers and just tamper for 12 months on Kawhi. Everyone else will get dinged <laughs> every single time. Two, if, it's, if the physicals are pending, teams have to wait. Insiders and people like Tim and I, we can talk for days. doesn't matter. We're not, under, we're not being held to the same standard. But if the physical is pending, you got to wait. Them's the rules. Relax. Marcus Simeon's going to be a Jet. Relax. Okay. You said Marcus. So the Strowman tweet, the tweets that we always see, are people turning on Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro after this offseason? And well, turning, I mean, going from bad to good. Oh, well, turning that way. I would yeah. agree with you. I think I think they're turning face, to quote a wrestling term. Yeah. They see them as good guys now. They're not the NWO anymore. They're turning they're turning face, Mark and uh, Mark and Ross. And they're not done yet. They are not done yet. More of your tweets. Raptors Bucks tonight. Is that still a thing? We'll get to last night's hockey and tonight's hockey and we'll do it next. Elliot Friedman still to join Tim and Sid. Sportsnet Radio and TV. Time for Tim and Sid. 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 Oh, yeah. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sexero. For now, sheepdogs. For now. Uh, I'm going to conclude our baseball hour here on January 27th. Before we get to the hockey story, crazy here in Canada that we actually do that, and the Raptors and the Bucks and whether or not that means anything, with a tweet, Sydney, And it was Norman who wrote in, and he was just responding to the Tim and Sid tweet that said, this team has the ability and will play into October, says George Springer. And Norman responded by saying, they, ha- they already have, ergo they must. No? And I thought, it, I thought it a good reminder that this is a tough division and we don't know the rules for the playoffs, even though the season is, or at least pitchers and catchers, is about a month away. I want to underline what Tim just said. We don't, teams are spending money on rules that have yet to be written. And that's just this season. There's going to be a whole new CBA when that that thing winds down December 1st. So who knows what next season is going to look like. But we don't even know this season technically. How many teams Mm -hmm. are getting in? We don't know. Some of you might think we're joking. We're not. Those rules have not a month out from pitchers and catchers reporting or thereabouts. We don't know how many teams get in the postseason in Major League Baseball this season. No idea. Madness. Nelson Cruz is sitting there a free agent, dying for NL teams to get a DH so he can get paid. <laughs> Just right. dying. Has right. doesn't know. He doesn't know. It's it's crazy how this has played out with Major League Baseball. There's a lot of what's happened with Major League Baseball generally here, Tim. And never mind the whole discussion we had yesterday about the Hall of Fame. This is insane how they're operating. It's nuts. Wow, for for GMs is, and teams day to day that have 20, to be called. 20, 20, no, it is. Nothing's perfect. We've been in our cantinas here for 11 months. I'm with you. But uh, it's on. just crazy to me. It's crazy. The craziest me. thing about what we do every day is our only means of communication is a WhatsApp. 
<laughs> that's for it's a hell of an app, though. It's a hell of an app. It's good. You can text and everything. It's great. Oh my god, uh, Tim. Can I? Can I divert? Forget that we're in the cantina. The only way that Sid and I connect with each other during the show or communicate is either sign language, winking, nudging, or a WhatsApp. So if we struggle, bear with us. I thought you enjoyed the cantina line because every every good European boy has a cantina that they remember back in the day, right? Get some moonshine. Where are you? Give me the moonshine. Give me the moonshine. Give me it. Tim, can I take. Excuse me. What can I di- can I divert for thirty Get seconds? Get it, not hide it. Go ahead. No. Uh, and this isn't maybe uh, the best segue because you had no idea I was going to go here, so it's not on Tim. But I did notice something, Tim, on TMZ just now, and I rarely bring up TMZ. Okay. But one of my favorite actresses, one of the funniest actors, Cloris Leachman, has passed away at the age of ninety-four, and it stuck to me not not because she's been in the business forever. Academy Award, eight Emmys. She's done a bunch of stuff. The The one thing that will forever race through my mind about Cloris Leachman is her takedown of the room at the Bob Saget celebrity roast back in the day. <laughs> it is one of the funniest things I have ever seen in my life. It is so inappropriate and raunchy. I, 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 for a second, I thought maybe I'd retweet it later. I can't. Like, it's so raw to have this near 90-year-old woman just destroy your room. Her opening joke about John Stamos is the stuff of legend. It is an opening salvo. It's like a 98-mile-an-hour heater up and in first pitch. Like, there's nothing to, there's nothing to compare it to. So I want to shout out Cloris Leishman, not just for a great career, but for one of for maybe the greatest celebrity roast moment ever. It was She was, she was legendary. Legendary. So shout out Cloris Leishman. Uh, 94 years of age, the world has lost... Uh, Cloris Leachman. Wow. And, and let me just say this. Patrice O'Neill has the greatest celebrity roast of all time. But that might be this might be semantics between you and I. They're because both I, I believe both. in the understated. You believe in the overstated. And there is the show. <laughs> right? well, Cloris Leachman hit everyone in the face with a frying pan <laughs> in that roast. And, it and was pa- unbelievable. And Patrice O'Neill's is like. Just so good and so yeah. real and Different so styles. off the cuff. Yeah. It's just well put. It, well put. it might be uh, you and I's contrasting styles uh, <laughs> and what made this show good. All right, let's get to uh, the NHL tonight. Two games uh, in the books or on the slate, including the Senators and Canucks and Scotiabank Wednesday night. Hockey coverage begins Hockey Central uh, 7.30 Eastern time on Sportsnet. Last night, North Division action, the Jets scored four goals in the third period to beat the Oilers 6-4, while the Leafs won their second straight over the Flames. Was the biggest story from last night Jake Muzzin flipping a puck at Matthew Kachuk? Is it possible that the Oilers suffer a collapse, the Jets, while adding an offensive player and scoring a bunch of goals in the third period, mean nothing because Jake Muzzin at the buzzer turned and flipped a puck at Matthew Kachuk. Sorry, Mitch Marner tied for the league lead in scoring? Not my with, lead. And I'm a Mitch, with, I like Mitch With a lot. Connor McDavid. With Connor, and what Connor McDavid did to the Jets in a losing cause last night? Like, oh, I, yeah. was it was it Mark Shifley who's still looking for his jock on that on the near boards? <laughs> the turn on what? Yeah, the turn on Shifley. My God, some of the performance. <laughs> and by the way, the Leafs allowing a shot on goal in period one over 20 minutes. Uh, 
They gave Are it up in the, sec- in the second period. They just gave uh, it right well, back. Well, in the- I, I'll just I'll focus on that Haley's comment that was the first 20 minutes for the Leafs. <laughs> Six of the top eight scorers in the NHL are in the North Division, and it's the flipping of a puck? Come on, man. Listen, it's the flipping of a puck. Not just because John Boy had a go today on social media about it. Not just because of that. But Jake Muzzin, I've rarely seen someone, Matthew Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk. (laughs) But Jake Muzzin, in the most understated, annoying way, Showed everyone what his button is. The league's been looking at for this for years. And just like that, at the end of a game, a throwaway move or throwaway puck, if you will, exposed Matthew Kachuk's blind spot. And his blind spot is don't do that. Now, why is that his blind spot? You gotta ask him. I have no idea why something that innocuous would set him off and hilariously tantrum him off the ice. Just wasn't his coolest moment, Matthew Kachuk, and I love me some Matthew Kachuk. But Jake, do. Jake Muzzin, in just not only do you win the game, take the two points, and basically wipe the floor with a team that started off well in three games and had five days off. We'll get to Calgary in a second. What the hell that was? But to wow. get under his skin that severely, point to Jake Muzzin, and I think Jake wow. Muzzin was the most surprised guy in the building. I don't think he expected I, it either. I, I believe that the tantrum. And why did he slam the door on poor Mark Giordano? What did he? What did Giordano do? Matthew, Nothing. Matthew, call into the show. Send us a tweet. Why? Why, why did you slam the door on poor Mark Giordano? He's a wonderful a human there. being. Honestly, he's your captain. Yeah. Why? Why did you do that? And I don't know about the hand in there, but whatever. Could have been. <laughs> things, yeah, things slam, happen fast. Him. Things happen fast. I thought. I thought when I first before I saw him go after the hand sanitizer and hand sanitizer don't mess with Matthew Kachuk. But before he went at the Gatorade and hand sanitizer, I thought that this was just trying to send a message to a team that started pretty well got some time off maybe when they didn't want to and then didn't look all that great in two losses to the Leafs I thought he was just I thought he was trying to rile the boys like we're not going out like that but then to carry it into the room see that's the problem is Tim you've been you've been around people whether it's in any sports environment I am a person. Go ahead. No, but you've also been in that. You've also been in that world, and we've all been there. And it's the most dangerous thing when that's someone around you, whether it's family or at work or at school or playing sports, is hilariously losing their mind to the point where you want to bust out. It's happened to all of us in bad, bad areas, and you know you have to keep it together, and you know really, just cackling is the wrong move. But don't tell me every guy on that Flames bench wasn't about to just bust a gut at his attack on the hand sanitizer. Like, of course they were. So I just, I, <laughs> they, I think they were ready to laugh and no one did. And it was that funny a moment. It was. I wonder if in the end, like I've had those moments. You've seen me <laughs> in those moments. And I'm embarrassed if I do do that every <laughs> once. Like I, after I'm just like, what the hell? I wonder if he, like the next time he tires, he goes, Man, he got me. I, I do that to everybody else, yeah. but he got me. Um, what do you make of the Leafs' two wins in Calgary? Because that will be lost in slamming the door on Mark Giordano. Any any Leaf team that can protect the lead, that's to me, that's a headline. 
Because that's not what this team normally does. Especially well, they were up in April. two nothing, and it was three three. But what? But they figured it out. I'll give them credit. You're right. They they coughed it up. But I'll 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 give them credit for figuring it out. It's scary to me. To me, back to Marner. He didn't have a lot of room there. No. You know, I he he was. They closed in on him pretty. I know Jeff Ward was annoyed as hell, but he had to. That had to get off quickly. And Marner, his shot is not as what. It's not what got him paid ten six a year. But if that if that can improve, Tim, my goodness, there's something going on in that top line. I mean, you know they're talented. It's not a shock that they're talented and they can put up some points. But uh, you know, on one night it's it's fourth line guys, Timmy. It's Wayne Simmons with another hustle play last night in the opening goal, and then you still got yeah. you got Matthews and Marner doing this thing. Like it's it, there there's some very interesting things happening here. If they can keep the goalies healthy, they'll be fine. But uh, that's. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, go ahead. My apologies. We're on a delay. I don't know if you the... guys can tell. After 11 minutes, we run a delay. I'll, so. get, I'll get on the WhatsApp <laughs> and tell you that I'm going to tell the crowd that or the audience that uh, the Leafs have four one-goal wins this season. Um, yeah, so that's trying to back you up. Trying to back you wow. up here. Um, that's crazy. The Jets boner is real, and here's why. If you had a told Winnipeg Jets fans that the – Games after they trade Patrick Line, I don't care what it is or when it is or what it is, but if Cop, Stastny, and Ehlers would combine for 10 points in a win over the Oilers and do it the way they did it, like, I don't know if people are starting to feel the pressure or I don't know if maybe adding another center put the pressure on Paul Stastny who comes through with one big game or people are fighting for jobs or whatever the hell it was. But if you're a Jets fan, that is like the – okay, the start was not what you wanted to fall no. behind like that. But the response and to see that line come up with 10 points, my God. Tim, these – look, part of the reason Patrick Laine is no longer on the team long-term is the money you've already locked into certain people. We all agree with this in terms of the Jets. It's simple math. You can look at it. And if Nick Ehlers is Nick Ehlers is going to look like this, and he's, he was playing like this before the deal, but if Nick Ehlers at six million can play like this, at, if Stastny can stay steady at his ticket six point five this season, like they're going to need that. Like I mean, because like, there's a reason you traded Lining. The money's elsewhere. You need those other guys getting paid to show up. And Nick Ehlers has been of all the discussions in Winnipeg over the last. 24 months, Tim, from Bufflin on through to this past weekend. Right. Nick Ehlers like, took some playoff heat the one year, and you really haven't heard much about it, at least not nah, nationally. He, the, he's taking, the he no take, goals he takes his jabs. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He he got, oh, no, he but got, that, that postseason, like I said, that postseason yeah. definitely well, took some jabs. Yeah. <laughs> all postseasons, yeah, all postseasons. But from Bufflin on, like Ehlers was in the conversation. No. It was Bufflin. It was what's going on in the room. And Liney's not happy. And he wants to play with Shifley. And he can't. And can, Hallibuck's going to have to carry the team here. And blah, blah. Ehlers is showing out. He's playing. He's balling. He's playing amazingly well. And they're going to need that. As weird as that game was, Ehlers and Stastny backing up those guys on the top line is everything. Everything. And if they continue, no. the Jets are, Jets are going to be okay. Jets no, are gonna be okay. You saying Ehlers is balling is everything. That's Why can't everything. I say that? No, Why can't, can't I say that? It's fine. Like, what, really? Yeah, I can't say fine. that. All right. You can't. Like I can't it say a, curl, can't. a curling rink is balling. Like I can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't relate. They're rocking. They're rocking. Uh, rocking. Um, 
Sens and Canucks, second of a three-game set. Uh, Vancouver is. I swear we're going to get to the Raptors, and I think we. I think we put Jim Rutherford on the Elliot Friedman pile because he's going to join us. That's next. my. That's my first question with Fridge. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Vancouver's alternated goalies every game this season. Should they stick with Demko? Uh no, no. Let you know. I, I the one thing Tim you can't do is just like as great as Demko was at the end of that series in the bubble. You can't. He still has to earn it. And there's a guy uh, with a hat on, and when he has a hat on, and Brandon Sutter's not getting a hat trick, and Braden Bra- <laughs> Holpe, he's played in this league before. I'm if I'm Travis Green, I don't change it. I don't change it. Do you, are you suggesting it's affecting Demko a little bit? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying I'm saying he plays his first real good game of the year. Why not see if you can get him on a run? Like, is that is that 35 save one goal against performance enough to warrant the back to back starts? And maybe the building up of a guy that you think might be the franchise's next goalie. Like this to me is what Vancouver's season might be about. It is taking one of these goalies and making sure that they get on a run or praying that they get on a run. Hope he's coming off a disastrous year. You don't know what Demko is. That's the question mark. The blue line and the goaltending. And I like we have had some injuries on the back end. That's why I'm saying the blue line. But the goaltending, you weren't sure what you were going to get. And I'm not sure if you need to worry about the long-term health and well-being of Braden Holtby as much as you need to worry about building up Thatcher Demko to the point where he can be a consistent number one goalie in the NHL. And three in a row against the Senators as currently constituted might be a shot. Now, if he gets two of the three, this might be a moot point anyway. But, but I think, but but to what you said though, Tim, I think they have two goalies that need to be built up because you mentioned it. Hope he's coming off that bad year, right? Demko, shaky start. I I don't think you could just take these Ideally. three games against the Sens and have one guy feel like Patrick Waugh by the end of it. I'll do respect to the Sens, but I I know where I know where you're going with this. Preferably, I'm with you. I'm a ride the hot hand guy. I've always been that. When it's a situation like this and you're not sure, hot hand. Sorry, ride what? the hot hand. What? <laughs> okay. All right. No, you, you just said you ride the hot hand. hand up. I got it, but you you lifted your you hand up. You ride the hot then... hand. That's all I'm saying right. is you just ride the right. hot hand, right? Okay. <laughs> but but this isn't that situation. Mm-hmm. Just you need a guy who's going to grab the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got it. I got it. All right. Uh, Sends and knocks tonight. Uh, you can see it on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey, though I don't think they want me advertising after that. Uh, let's get to the Raptors here. And uh, even though it's supposed to be your read, I will get to it. The Raptors in Tampa to host the Bucks tonight. Pascal Siakam uh, questionable. I think we got an update here. Uh, OG Ananobi um, questionable. Strained calf. Sorry, game time decisions for both. OG game, game time decision. Both. Pascal right. Siakam game time decision. And OG, just to throw this out there, calf strain is what they're calling it. Just off of uh, Eric Kareen's Twitter feed of The Athletic. Right. So that's the latest thing. Uh, so they are. We, we had game time decision on our notes today, and uh, it is still we had questionable. It's now game time decision. Semantics. Uh, first meeting of the season between the Raptors and the Bucks. Does this does it still mean something, or is this just another game? Seven and ten, Toronto Raptors. Ten and six, Milwaukee Bucks. I, I think the Raptors are still trying to find their identity to the point where. Uh, the head-to-head isn't as juicy to me right now. Because normally this would be, right? Like if this were in the bubble, it's, whoa, we got Bucks, we got Raps, here we go. 
here we go. It's not like that right now. Raps are just, A, trying to f- get a team out there because the injuries are starting to come thick and fast. Kyle should not have played the other night. He was two of, it was obvious he wasn't ready. He was 2 of 12. So I, I'm just looking. I'm just trying to see which Raptors first show up <laughs> and then uh, which Raptors take advantage of the opportunity, like a Stanley Johnson and a Yuta Watanabe have. And, you know, can, uh, can someone else step up here? That's, that's, that's how I'm looking at this Raptors team because Nick Nurse, you know, welcome to life in the NBA. You know, it's not always Kawhi and laughs. You know, sometimes you're going to get this. And I like Nick a lot, and I think he's an excellent coach. But he's being tested here, patience-wise and X's and O's wise So that's what I'm looking at tonight. The matchup itself, the Bucs, listen, you put Giannis on TV, I'll watch him. You put Giannis on anywhere, I'll watch him. I love him. But I'm looking at the Raptors and just how they stay. Because they're not out of anything here, Tim. Like the top ten, those four teams, remember, right? It's seven, eight, nine, ten. They're going to have this weird playoff. Raptor fans, keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Raptors are right there. It's been a weird start, but the Raptors are right there. Just survive, get through this uncertainty, get through the injuries, get through the not being at home if you can, and you might have a shot at a play-in. You might. So that's what I'm watching for tonight. Okay, I completely agree with you, so I won't go back and forth on that with you. I'm going to introduce a topic of conversation that we won't have the time to completely embrace, but later on this week we are going to do it potentially tomorrow. I guarantee you it. Giannis Attentacumpo. The numbers aren't that great. You just watched, I mean, sorry. The the numbers aren't Giannis MVP like of the last two seasons. The 10 and 6 record isn't the far and away best team in the Eastern Conference. And um I watched Malcolm Brogdon play in Indiana and thought, "Man, would that be a good addition to the Milwaukee Bucks, but the Milwaukee Bucks can't go into the luxury tax to pay Malcolm Brogdon. If they continue to hover, and if this season isn't a success, are we going back to the Giannis Antetokounmpo rumors after a year on the new oh, deal? Wow. Wow. Already, McAuliffe. Wow. I was has, not expecting that. I was expecting like a Mike Budenholzer rumors or something like that. Has wow. ten and six impressed you from the Bucks? They ran away with the East in each of the last two years. Right. Right. Um, or extenuating does it not matter until the playoffs. I mean, Drew Holiday working him in. I, I, I'm willing to give this team more of a grace period in this early portion of the year. Mm-hmm. Although we're not that early, like the games are ticking here a little bit. Um. I'm I'm not willing to panic yet. Not that you're panicking, but I'm no. not willing to go there yet. I still think there's time. Tim, to me, the Bucks are about one thing, and it's about that stretch when it matters most, when Budenholzer is under the most pressure. Talk to me after that and how that goes, because he's going to be the first one to get it. I think I think that's the grace period that ownership of the Bucks have right now is Budenholzer is on the hottest seat, and then after that you can work and then eventually get to a Giannis rumor. I'm not. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're close to that yet. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Could be wrong. They are uh, four and three in their last seven. Uh, they started two and three on the season. I'm just, I I look at the East, and in the last two years, I said the Bucks are the favorite. I don't know if the Bucks are the favorite, and I don't know if Harden going to New Jersey, sorry Brooklyn, uh, has changed. Giannis's mind on whether or not the Bucks did enough to surround him. And I wouldn't be surprised that after this year, if if this team isn't good enough again in the postseason, that we don't start hearing Giannis rumors again. 
You'll Sorry. no, but to your point. To your point, though, they will hear them. We'll hear them again. Anyone who thinks he's sitting, he's he, this entire contract's going to end in Milwaukee needs their head examined. You're not paying attention, and I think most of us acknowledge it on that day he signed the extension. I right. think none no. of us are naive to believe that no. he's going to be bucks not, not for life. Not all of us. There are a lot of people who are like, well, that there's a win for the small market team. Well, those are bad shows. Don't listen to them. This show didn't buy that at all. <laughs> Don't listen to those shows. Uh, I, miss, to those shows. I misspoke. Uh, I forgot the win after they had a postponed game against Washington. By the oh. way, Washington, dear God, what is happening there? Like, what's Bradley? What's Bradley Beal doing? Watching Russell Westbrook get into it with John Wall and thinking like, "We're three and ten. Shut up! Like, what are we doing here?" You know what Bradley Beal's doing? Winning me my fantasy pool and going to win a scoring title. That's what Bradley right. Beal is doing. Okay, good for him. That, good does for he him. not deserve better than that? But but my issue with Bradley Beal is Tim. Before we go, are we under, are we not under the impression this guy's probably had chances to move on from that organization? Because I would I would I would assume the answer to that is yes. But, but he's then steadily he gotten better. Like has he not steadily improved the, his game? But, but the teams around the team around has gotten weirder. I think we acknowledge right. that as well. I, I think you're right, but I also think that situation is just bizarre. So I don't but, know what he wants here. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what the end. Game my is my my look here. at it is, I'm, he's taking care of his business, and sure. everyone around him is just pooping their pants. And at one point, Bradley Beal's got to go. What the hell? Uh, Tim, update. OG Ananobi not playing this evening. Oh, Still waiting bad. word on Siakam not playing this evening. OG Ananobi coming off the best OG all around I've ever seen in my life. So right, that is too bad. Too bad. Couldn't. All right, we'll take the break. When we come back, Elliot Friedman will join us. Plenty of hockey news from Muzzin Kachuk Gate to Jim Rutherford walking away from a team that he helped capture two Stanley Cups. We'll do that all next right here on Tim and Zid on this Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey Night. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim and Sid live on TV and radio. Time now for 3 of 31, brought to you by the GMC Sierra AT4, the premium off-road pickup truck built for adventure, the one and only Elliot Friedman joining us here on Tim and Sid. What's going on, Freach? Not much, boys. What's going on with you two guys? Hanging in. Hanging in. Um, we, we, we talked a bunch of hockey off the front, and we, got to, we ran out of time when it was Jim Rutherford time. Who resigned today as GM of the Penguins? Uh, Freeze. What? What can you tell us about the whys and and the, and the hows of this? Yeah. So I mean, it took us all by surprise. Sid. Um, I, I don't know if anybody saw it coming. I mean, I I certainly didn't. Um, but the more I've been able to glean from it, um, you know, David Morehouse, who's the president of the Penguins, bent over backwards on the conference call to make it very clear this was not health related which we were all very happy to hear. Obviously, that's the most important thing. I, I think what happened here is that Rutherford decided it was time in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, he'd been there seven years. He'd won two cups. His, his contract was up at the end of this year. Uh, while it hadn't been extended, I don't think that the Penguins had decided they weren't going to extend it. I mean, the Penguins are one team uh, among several that have cut costs and stuff this year. So I don't think they were willing to commit, but it wasn't like they told him he wasn't going to be back. Um, you know, I'd heard there had been some 
philosophical disagreements. Um, someone told me they thought there might have been some disagreement last night that led to it. Another person denied that. But I, I just think that whatever the case was, I think Rutherford, maybe he was feeling a little bit burnt out and maybe he was tired. Um, whatever the case was, I think he decided that it was time in Pittsburgh. And now he's going to sit back and kind of decide what he wants to do. Does he want to continue working uh, after recharging his batteries? Or does he want to, uh, does he want to say, okay, I've, I've had enough and I'm no longer going to be a full-time GM? We'll see. But I think there was something that had Rutherford to decide it was time. And like I said, I heard some rumblings of maybe a philosophical disagreement, uh, although uh, others, you know, kind of threw cold water on that. So the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I, I know I'm a big, tough guy with a massive forehead for each, but at 71, I'm not sitting through a lame duck season no matter what's going on, especially after 27 years or whatever it is as a GM and two cups in the city. Like, part of that is is a factor here, right? Um, I, I, yes and no. Like, like I hmm. I think like, if you heard the, the call today with Morehouse, yeah. He made it very clear they're still they still believe they can win. Now we can all sit here and debate about whether or not we actually think they can win, but the organizational philosophy is we're here trying to win. And you know, like at the end of the day, there's a lot of teams in sports right now with the way that COVID has gone and the effect it's had on budgets, Tim, that aren't thinking that way. They're not thinking about winning. They're thinking about kind of surviving. So I, I think I think most people would say if the team really believes they can win and they're going to go for it, uh, I, I think you'd want that. I, I do think it's possible that they had differing views on how to get there. Like, in, like okay, one, and I don't know, I don't know how to break it down, but you could argue about, okay, one side has one vision of how to get there. Another side has another vision of how to get there. I think that's a possibility, but I, I, I don't think that there was anybody here who looked at it and said, they don't want to win. And honestly, Tim, like so many people were taken by surprise. It's not like anyone, like there's usually someone who will tell you, yeah, Jim Rutherford, he wasn't committed. Nobody has said that Jim Rutherford right. wasn't committed. Right. Uh, Sid and I have lasted 18 years with completely different <laughs> visions. So it can work for each. It can work. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ellie Friedman here on Tim, Tim and Sid. Don't worry, boys. There's light at the end of the tunnel now. <laughs> there, that. there. Yes, that is correct. More for Tim than I. I would agree. <laughs> um, what are you talking? You're going to the big shot stuff. Uh, I, we'll talk about it tomorrow morning with right. and Merrick. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, we'll save it for tomorrow morning. Uh, sorry. Maybe I should have said that. Whatever. Ellie Friedman on the line here on Tim and Sid. It's all good. Uh, Preach. The other aspect to this is, um, I mean, when you have a Hall of Famer in Jim Rutherford stepping down here, who, like, which Canadian franchisers are now worried about losing a person? Like, who's the hot shot assistant around the league or executive in another spot? Like, what name immediately comes to mind for you where you think this, this, is, this is a landing spot? Like, who's in, who's, in, who's in the queue? Well, I think the question is, who isn't interested? <laughs> Good point. Like, like Good you know, point. like like someone I know was talking to there said the phones blew up. Like it's it's uh, like like there are a ton of people who are interested in this job. Like anybody who needs work or would even necessarily think about improving uh, their position, um, I, I think would be interested. People who don't have work right now would be interested. I mean, 
the, you know, the two names that jump out are two guys that have already been there. You know, one is Jason Botterill, who uh, could have gone back this summer, didn't, and is now the AGM in Seattle. I think you'll hear his name. Tom Fitzgerald, who's the general manager in New Jersey, but only has a contract to be general manager for this one year. Um, I think those are two names you'll hear. I think Ron Hextall's name you're, you're going to hear. I mean, I don't know. Can you make a flyer? Somebody was that big a flyer, the GM of the Penguins. <laughs> it's good. I mean, but like, like I, I think like those are the kinds of names you're going to hear. Now, Morehouse said today they they are not interested in taking a step back. They're they're going to go for it. They're, they consider themselves to be in win now mode. You know, I wonder if. Um, you know, in, over the summer, and he was cleared of an investigation, an investigation into his conduct. You know, Dale Talon was someone they were thinking of bringing in. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the long-term GM, but maybe if they want to bring in someone just to help out Patrick Alvine, he, after he was cleared in that case, um, you know, I think there's a chance that could happen. I just don't know. But I, I, I don't think he'd be the long-term guy. I just do think that... Um, uh, I, I just do think that uh, there will be a ton of people, guys, going after this job. Understood. Elliot Friedman joining us here on Tim and Sid. Yesterday we had a conversation with CJ, uh, Chris Johnston, about the goaltending situations in Toronto and in Edmonton. And we're talking about the 14-day quarantine and trying to get goalies into Canada. Did Did the NHL screw up with the way they formatted uh, the taxi squads and the waivers specifically surrounding the goalies. And I'm not just bringing it up because of Toronto. Edmonton's yep. in a real tough spot too here yep. as Koskinen um, found out again last night. So can, and is there any way that they can fix this so that they're at seemingly equal ground in Canada and the U S well, I asked the league about that when the whole Edmonton thing happened a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. they, they, they were stuck there and, you know, like Forsberg, who ended up was in Edmonton, you know, in paper only, Carolina, and then Winnipeg. I think he went like two weeks without facing a puck, which is just as crazy. Um, you know, I I heard like I asked that. I said, "Is there any way to fix this?" And basically, the answer was at this time, and that was almost two weeks ago, actually a little over a week ago. The answer was no, and it's complicated. Um, you know, number one, you'd have to rewrite waiver rules. And, you know, I, that's not always easier than it sounds uh, because, you know, there are some players who would feel I'd rather be claimed on waivers by someone else than stashed waivers than, than stashed on the roster of this particular team. Right. So, you know, there are some players who do feel that way. I mean, the other thing is, is that, you know, he, there's not really much you can do about local quarantines. Tim, right now, the rules in one place are different than the rules in another place. And uh, even according to the NHL agreements with the players, those supersede the league rules. So, I, I mean, I kind of thought that after maybe they should amend it and say, okay, that goalies can, that you can have three goalies on your roster and, you know, they don't have to clear waivers. And I could see maybe at some point them talking about it. But when I checked a week ago, I was told that they weren't looking at something like that. And I do wonder if some goalies look at it and say, hey, I'd rather uh, be in a situation where I might play somewhere else over this. Anything else on this? I was going to move on. This is interesting. Anything else you want to jump in with? You good? Um, 
last one for me, Frege. Yeah. Uh, the Columbus Jets partnership looked like an, an inevitable coupling uh, for yep. the Dubois Liney trade. What was the one team that was the closest to breaking up that couple? Like, who came the closest to getting in there? Well, that's, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I would say that, uh, like, Montreal could have. And, you know, someday I'm going to pump Mark Bergevin full of true serum and, and try to get an answer <laughs> to this question. Like, I, I really do think that Montreal um, considered it. I think they... I don't, I don't know if they ever committed. But put it this way. I, I think they internally considered, like, should we do it? Should we do Suzuki for Dubois? I don't know if they ever put him on the table, but I'm sure they talked about it. And I think before the season, they might have. But once the year started and Suzuki continued to show the growth hmm. that he showed in the playoffs last year, I just don't think it was possible. Like the timing, I don't know if the timing was right for Columbus and Montreal because I think Columbus always felt that, you know, if we started the season and things went well, maybe we could fix things with Dubois and we, and, and we wouldn't have to make this trade that we don't want to make. And by the time it became obvious to them that they had to do it, Suzuki had been off the start. They did. So, you know, obvious, like they, they couldn't, um, you know, I think like, for example, if, if Philly had wanted to include Provorov in a deal, which they weren't willing to do, then that deal probably would have happened with Winnipeg. But Philly said no, so they moved away from that. Um, you know, I just think that when you sit there and you know that you have this deal in your pocket, you've got to beat it. And, you know, maybe Montreal could have beaten it. It's a great question, Sid. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I know some teams tried. Calgary wasn't willing to give up what Columbus wanted, I don't think. Um, you know, like, I, I, like Montreal obviously wasn't willing to give up what Columbus wanted. So I, I just think that the only team that might have considered that, been able to do it, was Montreal but or Philly, but Philly wasn't willing to do what they wanted to do. Before we let you go, last one from me, because I didn't get to it in our conversation about the Jets and the Oilers, was I thought that in the postgame, uh, I guess we'll still call it news conference or Zoom call, I thought yeah. Dave Tippett hugged his team. Like we, we, It seems like every year there's a lot of pressure in Edmonton, and this yeah. has not been the ideal start given what's happened in goal and Koskinen. The offseason wasn't ideal because they couldn't get better than Koskinen and Mike Smith. Like, And when Tippett kind of said, I thought we played well, you know, he, he added more to it. But I thought he tried to hug the team. Like, how, how precarious is this in Edmonton right now, if at all? Well, I, I, think, you, I think you go through phases in a season, Tim, where um, – you know, like you get, you get grinded and, and like, I think this season's really hard. You know, when you're on the road, you can't do anything. You can go for a walk, but that's about it. Like you can't do anything else. And I, I think that, you know, the, the pressures of life and, and you combine them with the pressures of the season and people can run out of steam really quickly. And I think Tippett knows that you can't always like, look, Everybody knows it sucked to lose that game last night. 
there's not a single person in the in the in the organization who's happy with the way that that ended. But you don't need to hear it all the time. Like sometimes you know. Like I think the pressure's really on. Like look at what it was like in Vancouver last week. Like we thought they were they, they're, for for a night. It sounded like the fans were going to burn down the city. So. I think the pressure is really on. I, I think it's on in a lot of these places. And um, look, like I think, like they were fifth in the Western Conference last year. They they were expected to take a big step this year. And you don't think they feel it? Of course they feel it. Um, but that doesn't mean internally you have to turn up the heat on them. They they they're pros. They know. They wanted. To, they did want to burn down the city. They felt better about it after the last game. Until tonight, if they lose again, they'll want to burn <laughs> we'll down. <laughs> on Scotiabank, yeah. Wednesday night hockey with Elliot Freeman and the entire crew. It is the Canucks. It is the Sens, to borrow a Timmy phrase from earlier in the show. Uh, the second of three at Rogers Arena. Fridge, uh, watch, watch you tonight. Talk to you tomorrow. See you, buddy. Do we have a, do we have a couple seconds here? Or are you guys in, the, in a hurry? No, How are you guys no. doing? How are the two of you guys doing? We've been fighting like cat and dog off air. I'm not lie there. Like, it's been bad. <laughs> On the WhatsApp. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, Fridge, he's got meetings. I got meetings. And then we meet in the, in the middle in our cantinas. And we talk to you. And we talk to George Springer. And it's right now, it's a bizarre sequence of meeting, meeting, meeting. And then for a break in our day, we do the show. And yeah, then the I show understand. ends. You know what I mean? Like, the show that's might be weird. the easiest part of the day. I can't speak mm-hmm. for Tim, but I, that's what I'm kind of feeling sometimes. But... Uh, I, I, I'm not going to speak for Tim on this any further because there's two of us. Go ahead, Tim. How are you doing? No, I, I like between me and Sid, or Sid and I, yeah. proper anglais, uh, we're as good as we've ever been. And like with each other, too, which is yeah. shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think we're, uh, yeah, I think we're all good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Nice. All right. Not no smart ass remark off that. I thought something no, else was coming. Like, <laughs> like, right. like, like, yeah, like you know what? Like that was a big deal last week. And I know sometimes when you go through those things, it rocks the world. So I just wanted to make sure you guys are both well, good. No, we're good. Listen, the one thing, and we'll dive into this more tomorrow. But I did, um, like it's not like I I hit Tim with this the day before. No, of you course. know what I mean. Yeah. Like yeah. a, he would have killed me. B, he would have killed me. So I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> Uh, we've known for, for three years yeah <laughs> the podcast has begun hasn't it Timmy? Yeah. podcast yeah. has begun well i'll you know what free free i appreciate you asking that i love you brother i'll save the rest and yeah. we'll uh, we'll dive into that tomorrow when we're all half asleep all right guys speak tomorrow see you brother all right. all right there is elliot friedman uh sid breaking the news that we're going to be on 31 thoughts Correct. and thinking it's going to be about us and not the 31 thoughts but <laughs> I have at least 32 for that podcast. I'm prepared. What got Sid Sixero to tweet during the show? We will examine next right here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio and TV. Yep. This is Tim and Sid until Friday, February 26th. I can't wait for the I will remember you. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do I something. I hadn't even thought of that. I'm gonna do something that I may regret. I don't believe you should be tweeting during the show. However, I think I'm going to accept this one and allow you to talk about it on oh, wow. the show. Because I never, and Tim knows this. I never tweet during. 
we work with guys. Eric Smith is unlike anyone I've ever seen for tweeting <laughs> during games. Like there are people we responding work with who are like, as you're talking to them, three tweets easy <laughs> during the conversation. I'm right. not like I'm not there. And Tim's not, like when we're at least in the show, we're in the show. And if I ever do it, maybe in a break, maybe. <laughs> But Tim, do you want to? I'll, I'll give the floor to you. Would you like to read the tweet I read and my response? I'll I'll, I'll let you have it. Go ahead. However you want to tee it up, I don't go care. Ahead. You can just take go it. if you want. No, okay. No, so Rob it. Ferguson of uh, who writes for the Toronto Star covers uh, politics among other things, um, tweeted the following: Breaking exclusive: Ontario ready to force all international travelers at Pearson to get COVID nineteen tests. Sixero responds, only took 11 months. I just work here, man. I just work here, man. Don't talk to your family for 11 months. I just work here. But treat the airports like a Canada's Wonderland turnstile. No problem. Hey, man, I just work here. I just work. I just pay taxes. That's all I do. Can I correct Nobody told you not to talk to your family before someone smart ass writes in and says, basically, you don't talk you know to I'm your saying. family. <laughs> you I didn't have a Christmas this year. That's basically right. what I was told okay, there you by Dr. Everyone. Okay. Right. That's basically what I was told. Yeah, right. This one is so interesting to me because liberal, conservative, uh, Yorkton, Red Deer, Miramichi, mm. centrist, in between, outside of the airline industry. Nobody knew what the hell was going on at the airports and why there was no testing, tracing, nothing on people coming into this country the entire time. Like this one is, I thought when I saw your tweet go out, like this would be among your most viral tweets of all time. Because who the hell knows what the hell is going on at the airports? And does anyone go, yeah, it's okay. There's two things that that have horrified me this entire time, Tim. Of all the things to, to be horrified about, and and a lot of things horrify you to be to be clear. True, but these ones right now are at the top. One, right. long term long term care homes in this country. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away from that one. We can spend three hours on it. Yeah. Number two, this issue. What we have allowed, federally and provincially in this country in a global pandemic to suggest handing out pamphlets and the honor system is going to curtail this thing. Naive isn't the word that that classifies right now. It's something else I can't say on air. No, it's negligent, not naive. It might be something worse than that. So that, that grinded my gears. By the way, Tim, I want to ask you, and if you want to walk on this, I understand. What am I reading about Reddit, like, shutting down the global markets today? What the hell is going on with yeah, GameStop? I don't know enough of, Mike I Ryan of Levitard's been all over this today. I can't, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So, so they're trying. So people that are shorting their stock on GameStop, or GameStop and other companies, yeah. Reddit has an, has, is basically getting people to buy into those stocks. So you have to cover off your bet on the back end, these huge financiers or financial people. Is that basically what's happening? Yeah, there's... Um... Reddit, I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to speak. For, to forgive it. me just, for putting on a spot. Yeah. Forgive me. No, no. I, 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 but what I, what I'm, what I'm gleaning is, um, Reddit is coming together to using enough people to manipulate the markets a little bit, 
and that's the worst thing that you could possibly do because it's when you good, lose man. faith in the markets, not something good. happens. Right? It's not a game. It's not a game. This isn't John Scott in the All Star game. Something else. Something else. Anyway, sorry to put you on the spot there. That's the first and last stock question I ask you in the stretch. And yeah, I expect don't... you to be on your toes about it. <laughs> don't do it because John... I'm just reading about it now, and it might really piss me off depending on what they do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guarantee you it will. Give it 10 minutes. Don't read it well, It was yet. a bad day in the I markets guarantee... today. That's like, what I'm regardless, saying, Tim, yeah. There was a ripple. Like, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm, no, I'm not Johnny C- C- CNBC. Uh, but I, I did notice that today, and I read all that earlier today, and a lot of people online think it's kind of hilarious. I'm no financial guru. It doesn't seem yeah. that funny to me when the, when the markets are just completely volatile like that. That doesn't they sound like a good thing. They don't have money in the markets if they think it's a joke. Uh, Dow down 2% today, uh, just over 2%, and the TSX uh, was down 2% today. So I think those who don't have money – in the markets, yeah. can chuckle about it a wee bit, hmm. but uh, I'm looking at a lot of red on my screen. Six zero, it's not. Uh, and I know there's some people. Oh no, that's a, a lot of red in there. No, Timmy. And I, whenever I see Tim uh, with red on his screen, I've learned there's red somewhere else in his body or on his face. So I never ask about the red. Whenever Tim's running in the red, giving me the Tyler hero snarl, I leave him alone. I think people are looking at this as some kind of like V for Vendetta kind of uh, revolution online is what I picked up on, Timmy, like some stock revolution. I'm, I'm not kidding. I think that's why some people are like, yeah. And then I saw the markets today, including here in Canada. Oh, brother. All right. Well, we just went around the horn and a bunch of stuff. Thanks for watching and listening to Tim and Sid. As always, Tim. <laughs> oh, I think Tim is now focused on what I was talking Sorry, about. Sorry, I'm yeah. just reading. Yeah, I have worry. made a mistake. Tim, I apologize to you in your next hour and a half. <laughs> to everyone who joined us today, George Springer, Ross Atkins, Elliot Freeman, uh, we appreciate you, Timmy. Nice job with that. Always fun. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Should be another busy day in the world of sports tomorrow. Uh, who knows what's coming down the pike as well. And uh, Canuck fans, if, it lo- if it's a lost night, relax. All right? Just one game on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. It's just one game. We'll have a Raptors game to talk about as well. I'm done. But remember... I wash your hands. Gonna wash your hands. Wash your hands. Priorities wash here. Priorities. Hands. Yeah. Washing your Wait ten hands. minutes, Tim. Washing then read the article. Ten minutes. Washing your hands. Too late.